Is it chocolate or poop? Welcome! Welcome back, welcome back. Everybody, yeah. Rock your bodies, yeah. Back. It's been a while. Sure has. But here we are. I forgot everything. I forgot how to do all of it. Me too. (laughs) Start all over again. I looked at my computer and I was like, (laughs) am I stupid? (laughs) Yeah, I'm stupid. Me too. What do you do? Welcome back to Two Drunk Witches. Uh, That's Cassie. And she's Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) At least we introduced ourselves this time. We did. So today we'll be talking about... Workplace hauntings, ghost stories, creepies. But first, we have a a very first cheers. Our very first cheers. We unexpectedly, awesomely got our first five star review. So we would like to give a good old Wisconsin cheers to, okay, it's one of two things. It's either K. Joseph Harold or K. Jose Farold. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, however it's pronounced. (laughs) We really do appreciate you. It doesn't matter. Whichever way you say it is the right way. But the five-star review says, love, love listening. It's the best. Aww. I know. Big hugs and a Wisconsin cheers. A Wisconsin cheers. Here we go. Ready? You got to. What are we dinking it against? I have a can of air that I can dink my cup against. I have nothing. I <laughs> it's literally a can of air though. <laughs> Dink. Chug. Mm. Chug in. Chug a lug in. Whew. Thank you so much, K. Joseph Harold or K. Jose Farold. For your wonderful five-star review. We love you. We do love you. That made our day. You don't even know. I thought Amanda was full of shit when she told me we had a review. (laughs) I was like, okay. Just like we had an email. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's a good review. I don't believe you. People like us. We are so appreciative. Well, K. Joseph Harold or K. Jose Farrell likes us so i'll take it we like you too oh love sorry is love we love you <laughs> <laughs> if you would like a good old wisconsin cheers from us give us a five star review bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Sounded like a cat. Cat growl. <laughs> it was me. There's a demon that lives in my mouth. The demon that sweats in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same one. 
And also, happy late birthday to us. Happy late birthday to us. What did we do for our birthdays? We went on a haunted adventure together because we are the same age for 13 days every year. And this year, it was 31. We were 31 together for 13 days. We're both Sagittarius. I remember when we were 13 together for 13 days. I vividly remember that. We celebrated that on the bus. We did, but also, like, you forgot it was my birthday. (laughs) On my birthday. And you were like, Cassie, I'm so excited to see you. Like, I have something to show you. And I was like, oh, cool. And, like, I followed you and you're like, come look at my locker. And you're like, look at the new coat my dad got me. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking dick. Didn't even say happy birthday to me. (laughs) (laughs) You probably thought it was like a surprise. (laughs) I did. I totally did. Welcome to our friendship. (laughs) This is what it's like to be my friend. I'm a Leo Moon. (laughs) Look what my dad got me. (laughs) Fuck your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Drunk witches. So yeah. Where were we? We're both assholes. Yeah. And we went to Dead by Dawn in Manitowoc, Wisconsin for our birthdays. And we won't really give anything away, but... It was amazing. Amazing experience. Very uncomfortable at first, but so worth it. It is the best. Like, you really don't know what to expect and... I don't think we should say too much more. No, I don't think so. You just don't know what to expect until you get there, and then you just have to kind of go with the flow. Look it up, though. The Dead and Breakfast, Dead by Dawn, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. It's the only one of its kind. If you like haunted houses and actual haunted places, this is the perfect place to go. And the people are absolutely incredible oh my god so much fun i love manitowoc oh i've never actually like went to a town i've been to many places in nature that i've fallen in love with but i've never actually fallen in love with a town manitowoc is a first for me i fell in love with the whole town like everybody was actually really nice but don't expect it to be treated nicely i don't know I'll- How do you explain that? Like, it's so weird. (laughs) It's very weird. It's just something you have to experience. We'll put it that way. Worth the drive. I think we met some sisters that were also there for their birthdays and they drove like five and a half hours. We drove three and a half. Well, from my house and you drove a little bit over an hour to me. Mm -hmm. No, it was great. You have to experience it. And that was when I was like, I didn't even realize that this was my dream job. (laughs) that this was my dream until I came here and now this is my dream night shift spooky get to dress up get to freak people out right and the host family is just so amazing we found our people in person and it was so awesome can't wait to see them again we're going to Wendigo Fest this year oh Yes. Yeah, because this episode will come out in 2022. Happy New Year's Eve. That's when we're recording. 
Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. Yes. And so that felt all the topic for this episode all just fell into place perfectly with that because they have a spooky job and you had a job where spookies happened. I sure did. I love hearing them. They're great. And I'm so excited for everybody else to hear them, too, because every time I hear them fucking freaks me out. I love it. Well, and it's been so long since I even thought about them. This was about 12 years ago now. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I, I started this job when I was 20 and I turned 21 working here. It was Northland College, Ashland, Wisconsin, and I was a janitor. Master of Custodial Arts. So if you've ever watched Half-Baked, you know the phrase. Um, but yeah, awesome job. Basically, my shift was five in the morning. But let me just give you a little overview of Northland College. It's a liberal arts college. It's a private school. You have to pay a lot of money to get in. I'm pulling some information from Northland's website, but it's good information. So Northland was founded with a unique ideal to fulfill the educational aspirations of both local immigrants and Native Americans, particularly the Ojibwe bands in the Lake Superior region with Bad River, Red Cliff and LaCourt Orioles tribes located within 50 miles of the campus, the college's relationship and commitment, they've deepened over the years. So in 1927, the Bad River tribe and community entrusted the college with a sacred spirit stone. Oh. It's used in rites of passage and in traditional religious ceremonies. The stone was given to the college for safekeeping and prominently displayed on its prominently. Oh my God. (laughs) It is prominently displayed on campus. And in 1932, the Bad River Band adopted the college's second president, J.D. Brownell, which is the name of one of the office buildings, but I'm not going to get into that one in particular. But J.D. Brownell, they basically adopted him as one of their tribe, even though he's a white man. Cool. Northland initiated and implemented a Native American studies program in the 70s at a time when there were very few programs that incorporated that, especially in colleges, and since have created a Native American museum on the campus. And they also support active Native American student association, like they have their own group, and they help coordinate a spring powwow every year. Because basically the Native Americans gave Northland College the land to use, As long as they were being respectful. Fair. And they still have rights to the land. And Northland always agreed to that. They were like, yes. I like that. Like, we respect you. Right. I mean, that was all Native American land. I just wanted to give that little brief there. It's also on the Northland College website. So what I'm going to talk about is all of the ghosts and weird ass shit. 
that happens at Northland College. Yes. I'm going to start with the office buildings and then I'm going to move on to the dorms and it kind of gets progressively creepier. I don't know. They're all fucking creepy. The whole the whole campus has a vibe. And it's a beautiful vibe. Like the people are loving, the people are wonderful, but there's also like a very deep rooted darkness. Mm-hmm. And you know something is very very wrong. And there's also something that is protecting something very, very sacred. Okay. I'll start out with Wakefield. Wakefield is this tiny little office building. It's like one of the first buildings you see when you drive up to the entrance of Northland. It's just this little office building with fancy ladies who work in there who are super cute and, you know, have their glasses and they... They do interviews and they get you set up with financial aid and everything. And I would go in super early in the morning. Most of my stuff happens really early in the morning, sometimes during the middle of the day, which is even more wild. But this particular one happened really early in the morning. It's this two two story building with a basement. And I was pregnant with my daughter, Emma, and I was on the first floor It's a very open room, and then there's steps that go up to an open office space with, like, cubicles, and there's steps that go down to, like, a conference room in the basement, and then there's storage and a bathroom and a janitor's closet down there. But on that first level, I walked into the building one morning, and I just had this weird feeling, and I didn't know what it was. I was about to take the vacuum up the stairs with my pocket full of bags to like take out the garbages and a ball of light came out of the light on the ceiling and it got bigger and bigger and like floated kind of to the middle of the room and then it went directly into the copy fax machine and then all of a sudden the copy fax machine started turning on and going beep 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 and I was like what's going on oh (laughs) what the fuck I just started hollering I was like what's happening (laughs) no papers came out because I was like maybe somebody's sending their facts no I watched this light this little ball of light get bigger and bigger out of the light fixture and like move down and get huge and then just jolt into the copy fax machine. Freaked me the fuck Greg also had weird things where the vacuum cord would be pulled out on him and he said one time that the vacuum started by itself. Like it wasn't on. Ew. Lots of vacuum things here. <laughs> Just gonna say that. Like vacuums, they really like vacuums. <laughs> Ditch your vacuums, people. <laughs> they attract ghosts, ghostbusters, vacuums. Suck them up. They're afraid. And then there's the next office building that I wanted to talk about, which is the Sigo. And it's named after Sigurd Olsen, who lived from 1899 to 1982 and was acknowledged during his lifetime as a leader of the American environmental movement. And he's an emblematic figure for a generation of activists. He was a writer, teacher, and he liked raising America's ecological consciousness. 
Like he did a lot of loon studies. Like that's Ooh. what I know him for. Loons. I know. Those creepy fucking things. I love them. <laughs> They're so cool. And I used to read a bunch of articles because the Northland students would study them and I would read their articles and like their little published papers. Well, he worked there and he taught and encouraged students to realize what you're doing in nature what's happening and like really digging into it so this building was named after him and it was this weird building where it had a heated brick floor on the main level and then it had it didn't have a basement but an upstairs level that was like a balcony all the way around with an actual balcony and like sliding glass doors inside that overlooked like this big open room with the brick heated floor and this was one of the first buildings that I would clean in the morning. So I would do like Sigo or Wakefield first. Either way, like it was dark out most of the time. Like we have winter for nine months out of the year in Wisconsin. It's already dark out now. It's been dark since like 3.30. No shit. So in this building, I saw this figure with a hat standing on the balcony, staring down at me. I had also seen him, like, this was multiple times. This wasn't just here or there. This was very many mornings that I would see this figure and I would be really freaked out and I would just turn up my music and I would just go about my business and clean, 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 like the offices, mop the floor. And then I described it to a co-worker who'd worked there for, she'd worked there for like 15 years. And I told her, I was like, it's a really tall figure and he's got a hat on and he seems nice but he's always just like peeping at me oh i'm here hi watching what you're doing and she goes oh that's sigo Hmm. that's sigurd olsen that's him he used to wear this big hat and i'd never seen a picture of him with, with the big hat that she was talking about until like we were deep cleaning in this building during the summer and she pulls out she goes oh yeah i've gone through all these books here and she goes and look at this one and it was a picture of him wearing this big old fashioned hat and i was like yep that's exactly the silhouette that i saw so that's that building never bad vibes he was just there just hanging out he enjoyed having something that was named after him not a bad thing the next office building this one's brief it's called wheeler it's an older building it was three stories tall and it had a basement and greg and another co-worker both on separate occasions reported the elevator would go down to the basement and the doors would open and there'd be nobody in there and then they would try to like go into the elevator and it would shut on them they didn't push the button they were just down there cleaning and they would go and check it out because the elevator doors were opening they would try to walk in and it was like nope you're not allowed Nobody else would be in the building. And they like chatted with each other about it. Like, oh yeah, that's happened to me too. And I'm like, what? I don't want to go in that one. <laughs> no, thank you. I have enough spookies. I got some some spooky spooks. They get weirder. Oh, I know you do. I'm waiting for my favorite one. <laughs> They're coming. So two more office buildings. The Ponzio is the main student central. It's where the lunchroom is. It's where the president's office of the college is. And there's like a theater in there and 
all kinds of other stuff. They have a recording room too, where they have the Northland College Station, and mm. you know they oh. do interviews and play local music and everything. But in the Ponzio, Greg was cleaning in the theater, and he felt a strange presence. He turned to look, and then there was a poof of smoke, and there was like sparkles, almost like glittery. And there was this shadow figure that appeared, and it was really tall. It had this like cape on with a really pointy shoulder collar. Like it was pointy off of each of the shoulders, and it was a dark blue, dark purple cape. And I looked it up way back when, and Greg remembers this. I had told him, I was like, that is a spirit that only appears to you when you are ready to see it. What? I don't fucking remember this shit. Like, I have to look it up again. But I don't remember telling him that. But apparently I did, because he remembers that. But I do remember him telling me the story of, like, this sparkly poof. And all of a sudden, like, there was this tall figure wearing this cape. Another co-worker confirmed it. He was like, oh, yeah, I've cleaned. Before they redid the theater, like, the old part of the theater, there were these huge thick curtains you know the kind you can't ever wash they're that thick and heavy yeah almost like the blackout ones but badassier theater curtains yeah old school 1950s sort of shit the other co-worker told us about seeing the curtains move and stuff when there was no airflow or like no heat on or anything and like just having a weird feeling also greg used to clean the library and he would get really creeped out especially at night because he said at night it felt malicious whatever was in there felt really malicious and icky but in the mornings it felt more playful and fun because he worked nights mostly but then we would work together during the day during the summer when the students weren't there but during the school year He worked nights and did a lot of the office buildings. And he said he would see shadows through the window. And then one time it hit his janitor keys. You know how janitor keys sound like on his belt loop? Yeah. And then pinched his butt. And then when he turned around, there was a chair rocking. (gasps) Something got out of the chair and pinched his butt. And then ran away. So, like, that was probably in the morning, like, the playful one. That's great. I thought that was cute, too. (laughs) But when he told me about it, he was so freaked out. He was like, yeah, hit my keys and it pinched my butt. Like, you'd be freaked out, too. Fuck yeah. The dorms. College campuses obviously have dorms. And Northland has quite a few. There's Fenanga which is the hippie stoner dorm and it's it's quite old i can't remember if it's like 1930s built 1940s built whatever there have been multiple deaths in this building however it's amazing what little information you can find about it online oh my gosh that's like a lot of things up here you really can't find a lot of things like you have to know people or you have to experience it or something. And it's almost like eventually it just never existed. It's fucking weird. It is fucking weird. And so when Greg and I, well, I started working there first and I was 20 and all of my coworkers were 
40s, 50s, 60s, like that age group for our cleaning crew. And that's where I got a lot of my stories from because they were all Ashland natives or Washburn natives, just like Greg's mom. But Fenanga, the hippie stoner dorm, multiple deaths that you can't find any information about, but there were at least three, maybe four students that died in a fire on the third floor due to a faulty electrical outlet and a laptop cord getting caught on fire or something along those lines. Like it was definitely something to do with the electrical and the outlets. And these students died. I know this for sure. I couldn't find any information about it online, but there are three trees, at least maybe four, that memorialize like they were planted when these college students passed away and they each have their own little stone on it next to the tree just to memorialize them. It's in front of the main lounge entrance, so I know this happened. Also, there was a janitor that died in the first floor closet from an aneurysm. One of my coworkers worked with him at the time because he had worked there for like 20 plus years. And so he knew this guy and he was an older gentleman, heavier set. And he died in the first floor closet of this building. And it's a three story building with a walkout basement. But we called him Bill. And I'll get into the ghostly shenanigans here. I don't think that I ever really experienced the students that had passed away from that fire. Even though I think I felt maybe their presence, but the janitor is one of them that I would feel. And on occasion, mainly in the first floor in the basement, I would be vacuuming. And we had all of our cords replaced, like the ends of the cords, and they redid the electrical after those students died in the fire. They plugged in very sturdily, like they weren't loose in the outlet. And I would have a loose cord and the cord would just be like pulled out of the wall. I think I turn around once and watch the cord be pulled out of the wall by something invisible and like fly across the hallway because these are long hallways. Ew. And it was like, okay. I know I, I didn't imagine that. Like that was weird. And I had student workers who would report the same thing to where they would be vacuuming and all of a sudden the cord would be unplugged, but it would be like way over on the other side of the hallway and it didn't even make sense and they were like i know the cord was loose that was weird it's not like i was vacuuming with it taut i was like yeah that's probably bill i also had instances in that first floor closet because that was my home base all of my first floor closets and any of the buildings were my home base and i would go to to use the hose to fill up the mop bucket and like the cleaning bottles and all of a sudden like out of nowhere it would just start spurting and it would get me in the eye but it was always when I felt (laughs) like somebody else was in there like somebody was standing over my shoulder kind of like a grandpa feeling if that makes sense just like haha got you in the eye (laughs) you know dad joke joke. (laughs) definitely bad dad joke (laughs) I definitely think he was a good guy, like a good spirit. I never got any negative vibes from that one. 
But there was something else that was really creepy that happened in this building and not just this building, but I'm going to start with this one. Okay. The phone in the basement. Oh, this is my favorite. It's so creepy. So this is in the basement of Fenanga. Like the first floor is where the janitor Bell had passed away. I don't know anything about the basements. Really, like especially Fenanga. But it is facing the ravine, which seems to be like a sacred power source for maybe the Native Americans. Anyway, so the phone in the basement. I'm going to preface this with the fact that nobody lived in the basement of Fenanga even during the school year. And the the students did sometimes use the lounge down there and there was a kitchen, but hmm. there nobody used any of the rooms. They kept them on the first, second, and third floor. Um, one morning, I was sweeping down the stairwell and I heard a phone ringing at like 6 a.m. And I was like, that's fucking weird. It was six in the morning, like, and a phone was ringing. And this is at a point when we all had cell phones. Like, all these kids had cell phones. We didn't use hard phones anymore. Right. And so I followed the ringing to the basement, and it stopped. As soon as I stepped foot on that basement floor at the bottom of the steps, it fucking stopped. And then so I went back up the stairs. I was like, okay, that was weird. I don't know where that's coming from. And then I was sweeping down probably on like the third or the second floor. And I I heard it again. And I was like, oh. So I like ran down. I was following the noise. And it was definitely coming from the basement. And then it stopped again. I was like, what the fuck? I was getting pissed. So when I got to the last section of sweeping right before the basement... There was like six or seven stairs left down to the basement. It started ringing again. And I jumped off of those stairs and I started (laughs) running down the hall. (laughs) And it was coming from this boiler room that we used as a janitor's closet too. Like it was kind of a makeshift janitor's closet. But it was this huge, dirty ass boiler room with like cobwebs everywhere. And there were all of these, I don't know, water. They weren't water heaters, but they were heaters. Like, I think they were heating up the pipes and there were like six of them, these big blocks on the floor. If you know what they are, correct me. I don't know. But there were like these six big blocks that were about three feet high each and maybe like a foot wide. And like right in the middle of them, there was this phone, a hard phone on the floor in between them, like almost hidden but in plain view and as soon as I walked in and like made eye contact with it and I realized this is the phone that's ringing that's where I'm hearing it come from stop fucking ringing of course yep this happened like maybe three or four times but I made it a point I'm cleaning the basement for the next while like I'm staying down here so I can run and try and answer this fucking phone because at this point like I was like I need to know who the fuck is calling the basement at like <laughs> six, seven in the morning. Like, what the fuck? And there were a couple of times where it would ring and I would get right in front of it, like about to pick it up and it would stop. So got fed up. I squatted in front of it and I just fucking waited. I was like, it's going to call again. 
sure shit. I don't know how long I was squatting down there, like just being a creep. If anybody would have walked past, <laughs> what is this fucking weirdo doing? Just squatting like back to the door, swamp witch breathing over the phone. <sighs> Sure as fuck, though. <laughs> it started to ring. It did. So I answered the phone right away, and I said, hello? On the other end, there was an older, southern-sounding woman who seemed frightened and annoyed, saying, Why do you keep calling me? Please stop calling me. I'm going to call the police. I was like, from a basement of a dorm like nobody's calling you in in this building and then the line went dead i was like okay what the fuck sometime after that so like that happened to me i talked to this woman it was maybe like a few weeks after that um greg was working the weekend shift and he was training in a new employee They were in the basement of Fenanga, the same building. That fucking phone rang again. Greg was down there. He picked it up. He didn't have to wait for it and be a creep like me, but he picked it up. He didn't have to project his swamp breath on it. (laughs) I will get you. But he answered it and he said it was an old lady that yelled at him to stop calling her. And he also told her like, No one is calling you from this number. And the line went dead. He hung up the phone, picked it back up, but there was no dial tone or anything. He picked up the phone itself, like the physical phone, wasn't even plugged into a phone line. (gasps) No, thank you. (laughs) This ties into another weird phone story on that campus. I wonder who this woman is. I really do. If you're that woman, email us. If this was your grandma and she told you a story about weird phone calls from a 715 number, tell us. Northland has its own specific, like, yeah, you have the 715, but it doesn't have the same three-digit code before the four digits. As the rest of Ashland, it has its own. Weird. Yeah, like it's its own little community. So all of the buildings, before we had cell phones, they had to have a way to communicate with each other, like the maintenance people and the janitors and office people. They must have paid for their own number, like starting number. Oh, sure. Which I'll kind of get into with this next one. So Macmillan is another dorm. And it's another older dorm. And this is like the jock dorm. It's on the other side of campus across the ravine. I didn't have any particularly strange experiences myself. But the basement vibes were always creepy. All fucking basements. Anytime you're underground around there, you feel something different. There was also a Ouija board in the residential admin room. The RA room, they call them the RAs. They were basically like the building's student representatives and they would make sure that their fellow students weren't being too rowdy or whatever and they were following the rules. Okay. And they got bigger rooms than the rest of them. Well, in that closet of the first floor RA's room, there was a Ouija board in there. 
And Paul worked there for over 20 years. And he said it's been there ever since he had started to work there. And that was like back in 2010 or whatever. I don't know. Like this Ouija board was old. You know they were fucking around with that shit. You know every year they all found it. And they all played with it. Every year. If we found it, we would have played with it. <laughs> For sure. They go down in the basement and they would play with it. I betcha. Anyway. <laughs> Ooh. There's little spooks. Okay. So... Paul had cleaned this building for over 20 years, and he told me this creepy story. It was after I told him the phone one, and he said that, so his story happened after that happened to me. He was cleaning the stairwell down to the basement, and he was almost to the basement when he got a call on his cell phone, and he recognized it as one of the Northland phone numbers. And he was like, okay, maybe it's a maintenance crew or another janitor calling from a building and their phone died or something. And they just, you know, memorized his number. So he answered it. And when he answered his phone, it was the old Southern sounding lady (gasps) that yelled at him. She yelled at him to stop calling her phone. (gasps) Otherwise, she was going to call the cops. And he's a very nervous man, like lots of anxiety, prefers to be alone, very sensitive type. Great guy. But he said he was so freaked out. He was like, I'm not calling you. She just kept like getting more and more upset. And so he hung up on her. (gasps) But then he was looking at the number and he was like, I recognize this number. He goes, I know it's a Northland number. But he didn't recognize exactly like what building's number it was. And so he went down to the basement of McMillan and went into the boiler room where he knew that hard phone was located on the wall. And all of these phones, there were those old beige ones with the curly cord attached that you would put up to your ear and your mouth. Underneath where it was hung up, it had its own number listed on a little piece of paper that was shoved behind the plastic. You know what I'm talking about? I do. He went into the boiler room, which only us janitors and the maintenance people had keys for. Like, they're specific keys. There's no master key for all of these rooms. They're very specific keys that only certain people have access to. And us janitors are one of them, obviously. I didn't have access to his keys. He didn't have access to my keys. So it was like him and the maintenance people. Anyway, he opened up the door, looked at that fucking number... That's the number that called his cell phone. It was coming from that boiler room. Nobody else was in that building. Nobody else was in the fucking building at that time. I just imagine this poor fucking woman just getting like she's really getting all these phone calls and is like calling the number back. And this shit is just happening. And she's like freaked out and she's like, knock it off. But you guys aren't the ones doing it. I don't know. Uh, uh, gets me. My theory is she's kind of a spirit that's trapped in between. She couldn't completely pass over. So she's like stuck in this purgatory in like the electrical field where she can communicate through phones that aren't even plugged in. She's calling off of phones to cell phones. 
I don't know. Bizarre. I feel like there's a weird electrical field in Ashland. I think it's one of the power points, you know, mm. like on the grid. The ley lines and shit. Yes. Mm. Yes. Alien stories, too. Like, I could go on and on about this. I really could. Anyway, I'm going to keep going. So there's the elk. And the elk was the newest dorm building. It was about, like, a quarter jacks with a mix of, like, preppy kids. And then there was the rest were recycling gardening hippies. When they first started construction on this building, it was weird. Like, the construction workers were digging out the basement and they were filling it with cement. And they reported finding bones. And they were worried that they were human bones. And they'd throw the bones. Oh, maybe they're deer. And they'd throw the bones. And the bones would reappear the next day in the same spot. And they couldn't get rid of these bones. And then they started getting sick and, like, just feeling really bad and getting really creeped out. And they were talking about scary figures appearing. And they refused to work. They refused to continue any work on the building. Like, they just stopped. And... Ojibwe medicine man was brought in and he told the college director that the land spirits were not happy and they did not want this building built where it was. He said the only way to appease the spirits was to not build the doors on the ravine facing side of the building. The ravine again. Yeah, the ravine. So Fenenka's on the other side of the ravine. So is Sigo. There's bridges that come across next to those two buildings to connect it to the other part of the college. And, yep, there's something about the ravine. Even Greg's mom said it ever since she was a little kid. Before they had built half of, you know, some of the buildings over there, they would go sledding. And somebody would always get hurt. Mm. whenever they would play down there and like they weren't supposed to and their parents would always tell them like you don't mess around down there it's a ravine but it's just a known spot of like hey get out of there you're not supposed to be in there yeah bad stuff happens Ah. the director of northland like he did take that into consideration but He kept the original plans um, because there had to be doors on that side of the building to meet the fire codes Ah. in order to make it into a dorm. Sure. So they basically let all of those construction workers go who are being very sensitive to that situation and hired a whole new crew. And it was built to completion as originally planned. So there's two doors that are directly facing the ravine. My janitor's closet was right across from one of those doors. And then there was like these two big bay windows on the corner. And they were facing the ravine. I would see a tall, inhuman-like figure looming outside of the window or like filling up the whole doorway like it didn't want me to go out that way or like have anything to do with that door and it would even lock that door on me sometimes when there's no lock for that door it locks from the outside you can't open it from the outside there's only certain doors where you can use a key card to get in like and those are the main entrances 
But this door, it would lock from the inside so I couldn't get out, which was very strange. Mm. I believe it was whatever was protecting the ravine. Mm-hmm. You weren't supposed to do that, and you did it. And the bones kept coming back, you know? It's a spooky, spooky. Spooky stuff. There's tunnels under there, too. Like, they built these creepy-ass fucking tunnels underneath the whole building because it's shaped like a weird... Not like an L, but like a corner. And then there's also an extension where they have these apartments where they have four different rooms in each apartment and blah, blah, blah. But there's this creepy ass fucking tunnel with all these different boiler rooms on the side. Anytime you're underground, like I said, (laughs) Memorial. Moving on. Memorial. This is the most famous building on the campus. If you look up Northern College ghosts, you're gonna find stories of Memorial. And that's the only one. Yeah. I remember seeing um Ashland College Northland College online somewhere and they tell stories about Memorial, but I'm like, I know it's way more haunted than that. My best friend told me so. <laughs> it's more than that. This is a good one though. I like this one. So it's the most well-known haunting at Northland. There was a young woman who died in the elevator shaft. I've been searching for solid information for this one, too, for the last 10 plus years and can't find shit other than hearsay. Well, and that's the thing, too, is we've witnessed this since we've been alive and we've witnessed things such as even like, say, oh, I don't know, murder or anything traumatic it's like there's a little bit of something about it at the time and then all of a sudden it's gone it goes away you can't find it later unless it's current yeah if it's not current you can't find it forget about it strange everybody just minds their own business so unless you know the locals you're probably not going to get the right story. And there's so much, so many rumors with the college students. I don't know. I'll tell you what resonates with me, what I believe. I can't find any solid evidence. If anybody else can find it, please send it our way. That would be great, but good luck. So my coworkers who've worked there between 20 and 15 years called the girl who died in the elevator shaft Wanda. So I did too. She may have hung herself is one of the theories in the old elevator shaft on the third floor after finding out she was pregnant. Also rumored to have been depressed and jumped down the elevator shaft. But my gut tells me that she was pushed down it Mm. after a fight with an abusive boyfriend. Mm. This is a feeling I get. She doesn't like men, especially men. Who have an icky aura. The students and the other staff told me stories that there are still blood stains that cannot be washed away in the basement where she landed, like at the bottom of the elevator shaft. And in the four years that I worked there, I never did get the opportunity to like see inside of the basement double doors that were at the bottom of the elevator shaft. 
they're closed off after that incident. Like the whole elevator shaft was and it's old elevator, like the green metal that it's mesh. The diamond mesh stuff. Yes, exactly. Super creepy. Like you could peek in. And it's like an accordion. Yep. Yes, exactly. Like the accordion doors. You could peek in there and there was like an airflow and you would always feel like cold air either rushing at you or just like this weird chill vibe. So now for the stories. And she wasn't the only one who died. I'll get into the other one later. But Wanda, one of my coworkers told me that she picked up this other coworker who was this man and he was kind of dumb. But he felt really icky. Like, he had this really icky vibe about him, too. Like, I didn't like him. Everybody else was like, oh, be nice to him because he's dumb. But I just didn't like him. And neither did this other older woman who worked there. She still worked with him. Whatever. So she watched a ghost pick him up and slammed him against a wall. And he was a big boy. The woman co-worker told me that he was lifted up a foot from the ground and there was a full-length mirror behind him. So she saw it from two points of view. Like, not just from her view, but also from the mirror. And as soon as he was dropped down to the ground, the light bulb in the hallway on the ceiling just burst. (gasps) He fell to the floor and he was gasping for breath like he was choked. Lori was her name. And she said she just, she's like, I just laughed. (laughs) She goes, he definitely deserved it. And I was like, get him, Wanda. (laughs) She was a sassy little older woman. I freaking loved her. And then my story, my first experience I'd heard these other stories that happened and I started work at five in the morning and we had our industrial washer and dryer, like the big ones that could handle the shower curtains in the basement of this building. So it was five in the morning. That's the first thing I did because I wanted to change the curtains in the other dorms. So I was making sure that they were clean so I can swap them out. It was that time of the month. So I went down to the basement. Everybody's either sleeping, you know, or not there. And the elevator shaft is literally right behind where the washer and dryers are. And so I switched them. And then, you know, me and my spooky little cell, I decided to pull out my my very first like slide phone. It wasn't even a touch screen. It was one of those slide phones. And I was like, I'm going to record. I'm going to see if I can get so I was like, Wanda, do you, do you need anything? Is there anything I can help you with? Are, are you okay? How can I help? Do you need to cross over? All of a sudden, I heard a scream, but it was like a far away, deep, angry scream. It came through my phone, which also had recorded it. So it wasn't coming from like the building. It wasn't coming from the bottom of the elevator shaft. But there were these two doors that were locked with a padlock. And I heard that and the doors 
busted forward as far as they could go with the padlock still on. So there was like a crack in between the doors. Yeah. I saw an I swear I saw like somebody peeping at me, but also like the rush. Oh, I know. The rush of this cold air. Cold, like tingly, painful air coming at me all at once. I screamed and I ran up those stairs and I was dipping. I ran out those doors. I got in the van and I waited until somebody else came in at like seven or eight o'clock. And I was like, come get the, come get the shower curtains with me and help. Uh, like, I can't. Fuck that shit. I was so freaked out. Oh no. <laughs> I would be too. Fuck that shit. Somebody fucking peeking at you. Uh-uh. Nope. It was a scream that didn't come from anywhere except for my phone. And then I could play it back and I could hear it through my phone. I mean, it was so old that I couldn't transfer it to anything. Like, I had no idea about that shit. Anyway, her room was supposedly on the third floor next to the elevator. And that was the top floor. You could peer into it. And that's where you could see, like, the green accordion, you know, stuff. And there was just cobwebs all over. Okay, so they redid it in about 2012. They were updating the dorm, so they were pulling out all the old carpet, the old nasty carpet and all of the rooms and like down the hallways. And they were painting the cement floor in the dorm rooms themselves. And then they were installing tile down the hallways. And the movers took everything out, including like the bunk beds and the desks that are included in dorm rooms. And then they put them back in after they had painted the floors and redid all the floors they put them back in but they didn't set them up nice they set them up on like their sides and shit that's cleaners were supposed to organize them pretty after we cleaned everything and dusted off all their bullshit I was upstairs on the third floor and there were two other guys that I was working with on that floor with me nobody else was in the building like this was during the summer and Tim was in a room across from me like kitty corner and then I was on the second dorm room in on the other side and then all the way at the other end of the hall like towards the elevator shaft there's a janitor's closet and that's where Paul was and so I was just cleaning this room there was a desk on its side and I remember like wiping it down and everything I turn around to wipe something else and there's this fluorescent light bulb that goes across the top of the desk and it just fucking shattered I didn't touch it or anything I was like whatever it's probably because they like beat it up and they put it on its side and fuck those movers (laughs) so I was like god damn it Went and grabbed the broom and the dustpan, turned around, and like was sweeping it up. All the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I had this really weird feeling. I was like, ooh, ooh. And so I turned around and looked towards the door facing the hallway. There was this figure that was definitely a woman with long black hair, and it was dark. It wasn't a shadow. It was blacker than black. Ah. She walked past, and I immediately... First thing I did, I ran toward the door and I looked both ways and I saw Paul down by the fucking closet. I was like, Paul! Oh! <laughs> like, did anybody walk past here? And he goes, no. Why? 
And then I fucking, I didn't even answer him. I ran into the other room, kitty corner to me, where the other guy, Tim, was. And he was on his hands and knees, wiping underneath heat register thing. He obviously hadn't just walked by. And then I was like, oh, like, I didn't even say anything to him because I didn't really like him. But I turned around and I walked back down to Paul and I was like, oh. I was like, I just saw something. I felt something like that creeped me the fuck out. He was like, oh, yeah, it was probably Wanda. Probably Wanda. God damn it, Wanda. Also, on that same floor. So when they were redoing the rooms, they also put up these metal plates with the room numbers above the doors. Her room was supposedly 313. If you look online for like Northland students stories, they say it's like a storage closet now, but it's not. It's a room and it is 313 Mm. because it's the only one. They couldn't get the carpet all the way up. There's still pieces of carpet in that room. What? They tried everything. They tried everything. That's weird. They got most of it up, but there's still pieces. And the construction workers were telling us about it. And they're like, yeah, this is weird. Well, they put up those metal pieces that had the room numbers on them above the doors. No problems with any other ones except for 313. It would either be flipped upside down Mm. or on the ground every stinking morning. Like you could pick it up, you could put it back on and they like heat seal it. There's no reason it should fall off. Gross. The other thing, Paula told me that, this was before we even worked there, but it was during the summertime, there were no students there, and, like, that dorm was shut off. He was, like, in the courtyard looking at the main entrance from the courtyard, and he saw legs, and they were wearing old-timey pants, tan clam diggers, like, summery pants for girls. Hmm. And then it was, like, cut off. Like, she was sitting in between the glass doors of the entrance. So he could only see, like, the legs. And he thought that was really weird. He was like, wait. (laughs) Where's the rest of you? Yeah. Why am I only seeing legs? He told me another time. He looked up at the building. And on the third story, room 313, he saw somebody looking back down at him. Like a woman. And he, like, did a double take. And when he looked back, she was gone. There were also fucking tunnels in the basement of this building that connected it. Yeah, freaky-ass tunnels that connected it to that main student building where, like, the lunchroom is, the Ponzio. There used to be a tunnel under there. He showed me where that tunnel used to be. And it was, like, a big ass cave 10 feet tall 13 feet tall I don't know I could be remembering it wrong but it was huge and it was blown out and they had taken these thick pieces of plywood and like bolted them into the like rock cement pieces so you couldn't go through it they were like oh yeah they blocked off that tunnel a long time ago because there was a fire in there and a female janitor who was supposedly crazy died in there. What? And she didn't like witches. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's random. It's super <laughs> random information, but apparently she didn't like witches. She thought they were freaks. And 
if you're living in Memorial Dorm and you're a witch, be prepared for some shit. Because, like, she comes in and she leaves black sooty handprints all over and she pushes you down and stuff. Just an asshole. Oh, my. I got a vibe in the basement from her. And it was in the lounge. I was in there alone. And I decided... Wouldn't it be fun to not turn on the lights and be down here all by myself in the dorm? Nah, you would. (laughs) I was so brave. In my 20s, I was like, let's see what happens. I remember leaving the lights off. There was still a little bit of light coming through like the basement windows and like from the stairwell. I remember feeling her nastiness like creep up and be really big and icky. You know, like she didn't like me and I was like, because I'm a witch, bitch. But, I mean, she couldn't hurt me. Creepy. Creepy as fuck. Super creepy how they blocked it off. And in that room that I was shown, where it looked like a cave, where it used to be a tunnel to that other building, was blocked off, there were boxes of, like, old photos framed and everything. President JFK went to Northland College And there's pictures of him framed with that time's president of Northland College. They even have an airport, airport, (laughs) an an airport named JFK Airport. They do. Because he visited Ashland, Wisconsin. Yeah, they do. Northland College. That's all hidden, though. They don't talk about that shit. Why? Weird. Done. Mic drop. (laughs) Boom. Well, thank you for that. that. No, that was amazing, though. Like, captivating. I love those spooky stories like that. I didn't even get into the aliens, but. (laughs) Oh, we'll do a special bonus episode about aliens. I feel that coming on in the future. No worries. Fair. Well done, my friend. You're the star of this show. That's I fucking love those stories. It's great. Was it as good as you'd hoped? Yes, absolutely. I love those like personal spooky stories and they're not the same shit that you've heard all before. It's different and it's not shit that you're going to find on the internet because like we've been talking about, good luck. If you find it, tell us. I don't know. Challenges out there, somebody accept. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for all those wonderful stories. You're welcome. I make for a spooky night. There's even more, but I, it's just too much. It's your turn. <laughs> well, I don't think I have as many. Or I don't care. As, just like, go. In go. Depth. Go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Manda. 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 <laughs> need to wet my whistle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've also had some spooky things happen to me at work. I work overnight shift at a hospital. And so at the nurse's station, we have this monitor that has it's separated into blocks and there's security cameras everywhere. And we can see where all these are pointed in different wings of the hospital and the exits and entrances. And it's a very small hospital. So the security cameras are seen by people at a much bigger hospital. Our house supervisor one night got a phone call from somebody working security in said bigger hospital that was watching our cameras. And he was like, hey, 
it looks like somebody's screwing around over there in the south wing. But, like, he couldn't really explain it very well, what this person or not person was doing exactly. Not person. Our south wing is an old... It's an unused part of the hospital that used to be a nursing home. Mm. And it's like a double door entrance where people that were coming into the nursing home, they would come in. So it's a big double door entrance with the glass doors. And there's a camera on that. So the house supervisor at night goes around every night and part of their job is to go check all of these different doors around the hospital and make sure that these doors are locked. The house supervisor at that point had not done their door check yet when security called and said, Hey, like something's going on over here. It looks like somebody's trying to get in or somebody's like in between the double doors. Somebody's screwing around down there and you need to go check it out. Lock them in. Yeah, she was like, okay, well, that's weird. Somebody come with me because this is freaky. It's like we don't have security where we work so it's like our security is you call the cops which is fucked up we had security at the college you don't have security in a goddamn hospital with crazy people no dude that's bullshit (laughs) we're on our own that's bullshit because you're badasses debatable (laughs) but she was like somebody come with me I haven't done my door checks yet so that door might actually be open We go down there, and you can open the doors from the inside. And so we go down there, we don't see anything. So she's like, okay, let's go outside the door and make sure that the doors are locked from the outside, just to make sure. But then the only thing was is that we would be locked outside if they were locked, and we'd have to, like, bolt to another door. So we kind of made a little plan. She's on the phone with security, and we go outside, and no, sure enough, those doors are locked and we never found anything else out about it just super creepy getting that phone call and then there's nobody there no gross i don't like it like like making a plan too like i'm gonna bolt this way and you're gonna go and open that door (laughs) you better not leave me locked out (laughs) no because we were prepared for it to be a real person creeping around the hospital like it happens So that south wing part, they were remodeling one of the... There's two wings in our department with patient rooms. And one of the wings was closed down and was going to be rebuilt. So they closed that off and we started using that old nursing home wing for patients, you know, so we didn't have to, you know, we could take the same amount of patients as before. But they were usually patients that didn't need a whole lot of care. So there would only be one nurse down at the end of that building at any given time. And everybody else would be at the other end. And I got stuck working South Wing one night. And one of the CNAs had come down to visit me. Uh, She was my buddy. Yeah, there should be two. There should be. Well, it was kind of a particularly slow night. So, you know, I'm buddies with her and she comes down to say hi to me, see how I'm doing and kind of help me out if I needed it because they didn't have much going on on the other side of the building. And she comes down and we're kind of jibber jabbering a little bit. And all of a sudden we hear somebody yell. Hey, 
which isn't super uncommon in the hospital, especially if you have confused people or somebody lost their call light. So right away, we jump up and we start looking in everybody's rooms to try and figure out who was yelling. And we couldn't ever find out who was yelling. And every time we went into a patient room, the yelling was farther and farther down the hall or like farther and farther away. And we get to the end of the hall and then it's coming from the complete opposite end of the hall. It was very spooky and very strange. Like, and I wasn't the only one that experienced it. But after that, she was like, yep, I'm going back down here. Done. Bye. (laughs) I was like, oh. Get back here, bitch! (laughs) I know, it's like, somebody help me! (laughs) Help me! Because it's like freaky both ways because if somebody is in their room yelling, you need to go help them, but we couldn't figure out where it was coming from and it kept being like farther and farther away and we're like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, real people are scarier than ghosts, but at the same time, when you don't know if it's a real person or it's a ghost, like, that's the worst. Like, what do I do? I know, especially if you're like, oh my gosh, somebody's on the floor. Somebody fell out of bed. Somebody forgot a bed alarm and they got up to go to the bathroom. And now they're on the floor and you're like, who's on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) Nope, nobody. That's, yep. So that was the same part of the hospital that that had happened. Ew. Also in that same part of the hospital... A little bit down the hall from patient rooms, there's like a bunch of offices, conference rooms now. There's like a hospice respite office down there. And this happened only a few nights ago, one of the last times that I worked. Me and one of my coworkers were on a break. And so we were like, we're really tired tonight. It was three in the morning. And we're like, let's just do a couple laps, do like a mile and wake ourselves up and have a little break. We're walking and talking, arms just going, you know, power walking and whatever. And we go past the hospice respite door and it opened. You heard the click and it opened and she's like, fuck this spooky shit. Did she just run? No, she stopped and she looked at me and she like pointed at me and she was like, don't you dare. And I was like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) It wasn't me. I was like, but did that door just open? She's like, I'm pretty sure it did. She looked at it before she looked at me and I'm like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm walking on the other side of you. So we go around a couple more times and (laughs) one of the other times we go around and I was like, oh, let's go in there and let's see if it's spooky. You know, she's like, fine. And so I had that TikTok filter on (laughs) and I like creep open the door and I'm like looking in there, but I only caught myself moving and I'm like, okay, whatever. And I leave it open a little bit like it was. And then we went around again and it slammed shut. She was like, yep, I'm done. Yeah. And it was just weird that it was the hospice respite. Uh, Yeah. That's the dead people place. It's the dead people (laughs) place. I'm sorry to laugh. Like, it's not funny. But it's spooky and it, it's how I deal with my anxiety as I laugh. <laughs> yeah, like when we were at Dead by Dawn and I was super uncomfortable and I was like blushing and laughing. And everybody's like, why are you smiling? I'm like, I'm really uncomfortable. It's ugly when you smile. You're dumb. <laughs> Stop laughing. You're dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was spooky. It was scary. It was a freaky time. And it was the best. It was a freaky time. Two drunk Drunk witches. We have these signs 
way up on the top in the corners of the walls like fire signs. It's a big plastic piece that's screwed into like brick because this is all brick and concrete. Absorbs all that energy, damn it. Yeah. And there's like a, the plastic piece has, you put the red fire sign in the top of the plastic piece. So there's like a slit in the top that goes down, but it doesn't come through the bottom. So you put the sign through the slit in the top and it just sits in there and the the unit itself is screwed into the concrete. And just the red fire sign, I think there, I did not witness this myself, but it was told to me by coworkers. There was like three of them that witnessed this. They were down there and the fire sign came up through the slit and flew across the hallway. It went up and out of its little cove. Which yep. just That's wouldn't just happen. Like it would take some amount of force to do. That's a spirit. That was one of my mom's first experiences with ghosts. Her aunt came over and she's playing with the Ouija board. And she said that there was a light that came out of the Ouija board, shot up to the ceiling, and then like went through above the ceiling went through a door and through another door and her sister came out yelling and was like, what was that? They all saw this light. And then her mom was like, nope, done. Get out of here. Ugh. We're not playing with this shit anymore. <laughs> nope, it got too creepy. <laughs> yep, but those lights, the light at Wakefield that came out of the fucking light went down, got bigger, and then went into the fucking copy fax machine. And the fax machine was like, I was like, what? No. I yelled at it. I was like, stop it. Stop it right now. Knock it off. I've only had one real experience with a light like that. And it was recently. It was when we were on the way to Manitowoc and we happened to come across Maribel. If you search anything like Haunted Wisconsin, Maribel is one of the first things that comes up. Hotel Hell. Look it up. Super cool. Super creepy. It's so simple, though. Like, when we saw it, I was like, this is less than what I expected. But I wanted to, like, run in it and play. See if it's as creepy as everybody says it is. But the very first video I took when we came upon it, there was that light yep. that was fucking with me. And I saw it with my own eyes and in the camera. And I was like, no way. And when I replayed the video, it was there. Like it flashed in the way back by the wood line. And then it came up and shoo, zoomed across like my face. I saw that too. Like it was weird. It wasn't linear. No. It was coming towards you, which was weird. It was super weird. What else you got? Those are all of my work stories. However, I do have an email. Oh, we do email. We do have an not just an email address, but we have our first email. And it happens to be from someone that has a spooky story from their workplace. So I thought it would fit well. So perfect. Perfect. Thank you for our first email. It is from Tammy D. And the subject line says, smells. <laughs> Tammy D, Tammy D and her smells. What does it mean when you can smell certain smells and nobody else around you can? 
when I'm at work, I can smell sulfur, like when you light a match. But when I ask if anybody can smell that, they look at me like I'm losing it. I go to work earlier than my coworkers, and I can hear noises, like somebody's messing with a five-gallon bucket. The noise is like when you drop the handle after you put it down and it hits the side of the bucket. Please tell me this is not anything I need to worry about. Thank you for your very interesting, entertaining, and hilarious podcast. Love you, Mom. Oh, Tamadee. Tamadee, I love you too, Mom. Mama. <laughs> oh, Mama. You're the best. That would creep me out because she does. She goes to work at like really weird hours, like three, four in the morning. Yep. Those are the times where it's the creepiest, especially if you're alone and you're hearing those things. So it's nothing to worry about, Tammy D. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) There's nothing to worry about, Tammy D. Tammy D, I think you should worry a little bit. I think we need to make her a necklace or a little pouch. Well, exactly. Speaking of that kind of thing, I have a few ways you could protect yourself at work if you experience spookies at work. Punch them. <laughs> Just punch them <laughs> straight in the head. <laughs> or scream. Just bark at them like Cassie does. <laughs> I just make loud noises. <laughs> yeah. I'm scary. I'm big. I'm big. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than you. Anyway. Protect yourself at work. Not just from spookies necessarily, but from any kind of negativity to help with a stressful environment or just to keep other people's icky, unwanted energy from sticking to you. You know, you kind of carry around remnants of your day. That kind of thing, especially if you're an empath. Maybe carry a knife just in case there's people creeping. Creeper, no creeping. Don't want no scrubs. Scrub ain't no guy for me. (laughs) Anyway, what you got? (laughs) So you could do... (laughs) My brain farted hardcore. Leave me alone. (laughs) Totally dead. So you could do like an amulet, like you were saying, and this could be a necklace, a ring, earrings, or even a keychain. Anything that means something to you that you can carry around with you. You could cleanse it, do a good old fashioned smoke cleanse with some sage or Palo Santo. You could soak it in, bury it in some salt or some dirt, some moon or sun water. But just make sure if you're using crystals or stones, make sure that they're not going to dissolve in the water or become toxic when exposed to it. You know, do your own research on that front. So for witches that follow the moon, usually the waning moon is a good time to charge an amulet for protection or to ward off any negativity or evil. You could use a candle to help you direct energy to the amulet. Um, You could use a white candle or a gold candle, whatever color candle that you like that works for your needs. You could etch sigils into it, anoint it with some oil, roll it in some herbs. Also, if you want to get really creative, you could use a locket and use like a picture of your spirit animal or draw a sigil. You could stuff it with tiny little herbs or tiny crystals or beads for protection and wear it. So that's one of the ways that you can protect yourself. 
Otherwise, you could make, if you're not into jewelry or carrying stuff around with you, with you or you can't, you could make an aura cleansing oil or spray. And you can <laughs> mix and match with herbs and essential oils as you witch. As you witch. <laughs> as you witch. As you witch. <laughs> Usually as a base, um, just some ideas. You can take things, add things, do whatever feels right. Usually orange or lemon is good for cleansing, sage to dispel negativity. Lavender can help with stress. Angelica root is great for hex breaking. I personally love angelica root. And in mine, I actually added some iron shavings, which is good to drive away any unwanted beings and to prevent spiritual attachments. So even not just for work, but like if you're going on spooky adventures, things like that helps keep things from coming home with you. So you can add these things to a base oil like grapeseed oil into a roll on bottle and draw sigils on yourself, which is a little more discreet. Or you could add add them instead of to oil. You could do it to witch hazel, which carries its own property of heightening power and intuition and add a little distilled water in a spray bottle and you can spray it around you before and after work. I like that you mentioned witch hazel, though. Like, that's not something you hear about often, even though it includes the word witch. But witch hazel is absolutely amazing for so many different things. Like, natural healing, antiseptic, spiritual antiseptic. Yes. Get rid of it. Witch hazel. It helps you put up a shield around that, around yourself. And then um, if you're still yet not into that and opting for maybe a little more simple, you could simply just put a stone in your pocket or your sock or your bra. You could put one in each bra and just make it look like you have hot One nips. in each bra. <laughs> one in each bra. One in each cup. <laughs> I got two bras because I got four titties. Put one in each bra. <laughs> <laughs> got my four titties. I mean, if your bra is too small, you might have four titties. <laughs> Dude, I don't even wear bras half the time. Like, once in a great while. But thinking about it, like, four titties. Ow. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. Don't need to double this mess. If I had one, like, <laughs> I feel Uniboo. like I would just, yeah, would just walk around like, <laughs> this is my gift to the world. <laughs> <laughs> just my uniboob I soak it in witch hazel and put put stones in it and make it look like my nips hard <laughs> alright anywho put stone if you want to be simple stones in your tits and your uniboob uniboob what's your uniboob and your one nipple for your one nipple just wear a really great sports bra and get that uniboob going on and then you can just put a stone in there to make it like the one nipple I suggest you could use like a strawberry quartz is helpful for a fast paced or stressful environment by stabilizing the energy field <laughs> and helping the wearer release negative and excess emotional energy. Okay. It brings balance and encourages improvement. It's <laughs> beautiful. Or if that won't do, if that doesn't strike your fancy, you could use black tourmaline, okay? Black, the black tourmaline, it could be used to help you put up a protective shield from intrusive energy. It assists 
the where to be more understanding and to be understood. It attracts tolerance, compassion, and inspiration, okay? All right? But if that, if that doesn't tickle your nipple, you could try the amethyst. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I had to disappear to this bed scene. <laughs> The amethyst. Ah. It's a classic. Everyone has one. If not, you can easily obtain one. <laughs> Feed your thirsty nipple with a simple amethyst. It's pretty popular. Easy to find. You can use it for many things sitting there in the center of your nipple. In this case, the amethyst, it can help with defining boundaries, okay? Reduce that anxiety. Hungry nipples. <laughs> Don't touch my nipple. This is my boundary. You don't touch my nip. Reduce that anxiety. Promote patience and help you make decisions. Make those decisions. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're so good. You do that so well. Sorry, I went into my Boston accent for a minute there. You did. And I had to. I'm sorry I interpretive dance that. <laughs> It helped me. But you know, especially the best thing that you can do, honestly, in my in in my opinion, is after work, you just conjure up your very own after hours dirty martini. So Cassie, if I wanted to conjure my very own protective after hours martini. 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 Read it to me, babe. Tell me. If you want to conjure up your own very dirty martini, if you want to spread the martini on the outside when serving, take a martini glass and put the mixture in the fridge to keep it warm. Collect sugar cubes and place them in a bowl next to it. Gin and vodka are the most commonly used. Ask yourself if you need them. <laughs> Pour two grams of water from the bottle into the colander. <laughs> half a gram of alcohol is enough, but half a gram of lemon juice is not enough. You can <laughs> you can add more if you want. Then sprinkle the mixture with salt. <laughs> I know you're talking about an old martini that doesn't stand when touched. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Shake martini so it doesn't hurt the thumb. Now that you've decided, remember it better. <laughs> now that you've decided, remember it better. <laughs> Dining room. Delicious olives. <laughs> Take the toothpaste and put it on the nuts. <laughs> After placing the olives in Martin's thick glass, cool them with water. Drink a lot. <laughs> that was our <laughs> lost in translation recipe. <laughs> Do you want to hear the, the English recipe? <laughs> yes, please. That was fantastic. But go ahead. <laughs> All right. So if you want to actually know how to make this without Martin hurting his thumb, 
And now that you know this, you'll remember it better. Fucking Martin's thick glass. God damn it, Martin <laughs> and his thick glass. Makes it look like he's drinking more than he really is, that little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> yeah. He's got like two ounces in there. Wait, grams. how many ounces? Two, two grams. Two grams, but it's not enough of lemon juice. <laughs> Before I tell you how to really make it, make sure that you don't make this drink unless it's legal for you to do so. We do not condone underage drinking or illegal drinking or binge drinking. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the original recipe states, to conjure the after hours dirty martini, first obtain a martini glass, then put that bitch in the freezer until it is delectably frosty. Accumulate ice cubes to deposit into your nearest and dearest shaker. Usually gin or vodka is used, so whip out whichever one you prefer really fast to swing it around a bit. Swing it! Then quietly coax at least two ounces of liquor out of its bottle and into the shaker. Come, come. One half of an ounce of vermouth will be just enough. And a half an ounce of filthy olive brine may not be. Mm. So add more if you wish. Then shake that shaker like a salt shaker. I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Classic martinis are stirred and never shaken. You would be correct about that. But dirty martinis are shaken and not stirred like the unclean scoundrels they are. You shake them, you don't stir them. You must not overlook the most flavorsome part. Olives. Big, Mm. juicy, sexy olives. Snatch up a toothpick and thrust it into the underbelly of the olive. Allow the olives to lounge in your drink after you pour it into your cold-hearted martini glass. Drink with exuberance. I love a good stuffed olive, though. Like, it's decadent. Yes. But back to the nuts. (laughs) (laughs) It always comes back around to the nuts. (laughs) So I went to Woodman's today, and they have, this is new, but they have a whole nut section. They're like, oh, wild nuts. Like, scoop your own. And Emma walks by it, and she goes, woo, look at all them nuts. (laughs) <laughs> she would <laughs> and then I was like what oh all the nuts and like everybody stopped and like was looking at us and was like yep look at all them nuts look at all those chickens nuts 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 <laughs> what are you gonna do about it what you gonna do? What you gonna do when those nuts come for you? Big nuts, big nuts. So, if you have your own spooky work stories, you could email us at two t o o t o o drunk which is r u n k at gmail. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at the same two T O O drunk witches. That's who we are. That's who we shall be (laughs) (laughs) forever. Because that's Cassie. I have to be. Dunce Cassie? Did you call me Dunce? Because that's Cassie. (laughs) 
Goodbye. Good night. <laughs> See you later. Please email us. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> and I'm the dunce. <laughs> good night. Good morning. <laughs> good morning and good night. It's not a tumor, it's a parrot, We're bullshit heads. We are. I like that we can be honest about it too now. Like just Absolutely. And look back and be like, yep. <laughs> We're both dicks. Dicks to each other. Like remember when you stole my shoe, locked it in in your fucking locker. Yeah. And I was really upset. And I think I bit you or something. You did, you bit me. Yeah, I bet you. And then you got so mad at me for biting you. And I was like, really? You're the one who started it. (laughs) 